This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen, amen. The devil cannot stop me. Think about that when you start drifting. Because that's him alluring you. Go ahead, go to sleep, go to sleep. So you just said, the devil cannot stop me. I'm going to stay awake because I'm going to hear. I'm not going to let him tempt me like that. And not let this flesh get in the way. Amen? Amen. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. This is our foundational text. We're going to start from here. And I'm going to be concluding my portion of this series on spiritual warfare. I told you last week I'm excited about, about what God is, the, the revelation that God and the understanding that God is going to give us tonight just on one little piece. We've been talking about a whole bunch of stuff, but there's some, something that is prevalent. You know, we always hear, and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we just gonna, I'm just going to put this out there. Just Maybe that will help you stay alert so you can get to the end so we can hear it. Um, but we hear, even in, among Christians, among believers, among Christians, um, we hear a lot about the spirit this, the spirit that, the enemy. It's, that's, that's the spirit. We have a lying spirit, and we have, a, you know, we have a, all of these, you know, a lying spirit, right? So we, we have all these spirits, and, it's, and, and they speak as if we are possessed by these spirits, and these spirits are in us, and so that means we can't stop, we can't help that we do these things because because of these spirits uh, we, we sometimes Christians they use that as an excuse to excuse the person from behaviors that are not for a believer and they want to say that it's a spirit that's making them do it so they can't help it Right, so we're gonna we're gonna get into that tonight. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see see what God, what revelation and understanding God has for us pertaining to that. Ephesians chapter six. Let's look at this and all that talking I was doing, and I'm not there yet. Ephesians six. Let's start reading at verse one. No, verse ten. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, uh, the very first part of 14, stand therefore. So this is what, these are the scriptures that we have embarked upon uh, for the past three weeks. And I told you I was going to be careful not to spill into too much um, the, the weapons that we see or the armor that the armor here that we see because we have someone coming after me that will be going into that more in depth but this is just enough in these, in these scriptures just 10 through 13 that's enough for us to, to dig into and more than enough 
amen, so that we can get an understanding and be prepared for what is going to come next in this uh, continuation of this spiritual warfare, this series. So we said that our objective, number one, is to understand the strength and the power that is found in the Lord to stand. The strength and the power to stand. And, and this is the strength and the power to stand in any situation and against anything. Okay? God's strength and his power is more than enough. He is an all-encompassing God. So his strength and his power is more than enough to stand in any situation and against anything. So that's key and that's important that I I need for you to grasp a hold of that. So we're talking about anything that you come in contact with, anyone you come in contact with, anything, any situation that you come up against, God's power and his strength is more than enough to help you in any situation and against anything. Okay? That means no matter what it is, his strength and his power is made available to help you, those who are of us who believe, is able to help us in any situation and through anything and against anything. Okay? You need to grasp a hold of that. You need to understand that. Because, again, we try to use God's strength and power. We want to pick and choose when we think his strength and power is enough for us. His strength and his power is made available for any situation and for anything. So, his strength and his power is not only available when you pray for people to be healed. His strength and his power is not only available for that, but his strength and his power is also available to keep you in your times of weakness. We cannot pick and choose when we would decide that when his strength and his power should, we should use it. It's available for any time that you need it. Available for any time in any situation and against anything. Okay? That's very important. That's very important that we grasp a hold of that and that we understand that and we hold it. You've got to hold on to that. So that means when, er- any, when anything comes up, when anything arises in your life, you've got to train yourself to remember, to think. That should be my first thought. I know, and, and with this body, I know that's not always our first thought. But we've got to train our minds. When anything comes up, when you get a bad report, anything that comes up, God's strength and his power is made available even in this situation. God's strength and his power is made available in any situation, in this situation. In any situation and against anything. When you come up against someone who is rejecting the word of God, his strength and his power. When you are not feeling confident in your ability to minister to someone who is rejecting the word of God. His strength and his power is made available for this situation. 
And I say that because, and, and again, we said that understanding spiritual warfare is not only going to help us individually, but it's also going to help us to understand people. And it's going to help us to understand what we are warring against, what we have to stand against when we are outside of these walls. It's not the people that we're standing against. I told you that when we first started. This is very important because as God is placing us, as God is having us to build, as he is moving us, as he is has, has, has putting us in a place for a different movement, whatever he's doing in us and through us, we have to understand what we're up against. And it's not up against the people. When you go and knock on a door and they won't answer, or they peek out the window and they see you and they won't open, or they open the door and they won't give you the time to speak, or they open the door and they uh, present all of these questions to you, how do you know uh, what you have is real? How do you know? I've been, I've been going to church. I've heard all of that. When, you, when all of those things come up, understand that it's the strength and the power of God is made available in this situation. And yes, I can speak. God has given me the ability in Christ, through Christ, I have the ability because he has strengthened me and I am empowered. I am strengthened and I am empowered. To min- he has given me the ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. He's given me that. And he's get- along with that ministry, God does not give anybody a ministry and not provide the grace for it. So he has given me the power, he's given me the strength to be able to minister in th- this part and, and, and work this ministry of reconciliation that he's given me. That's important. Remember that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're going to see it. things are manifested through flesh and blood, but you're not wrestling. That's not, that's not what you're wrestling against. Things are manifested through flesh and blood. But there's something driving it. There's something behind it. And what's behind it is what God has given you the power, the strength, and the ability to stand against. You got that. What you're standing against, God has given you the strength, the power, and the ability to be able to stand against it. As you stand in Him. As you go in Him. As you go in Him. That's why I always tend to, and I, uh, um, when we go out to, to witness, I have a, this group, I like this, this, this group that I had been privilege to be able to go with and I like to be able to stand because when you, when, you, when you stick with one group then you're able to see the growth you're able to see and you talk to them and you know you kind of give them some tips you kind of give them some hints then you go out with them on the second time I want to see I want to know that what I've, the tips that I've been giving you I want to know that you're putting them in because I'm not just talking to just to be talking to you no this is a part of training right so I'm not just talking to you I'm not just telling you stuff I want you to take what I'm telling you I want you to apply it because it's going to help you. So I always tell this group that I go with, when you go out, before we go out to witness, you have need, you, you should have been praying already before you come here on, at 3.45, 3.30, whatever time we come. You should have already prayed. You should have already been prepared in prayer. Because you're first, you should have an expectation that when you go, that God is going to move. That as you speak, that the Holy Spirit is going to enlighten. 
You should already you should already have an expectation. You should be praying for the territory that you're going into. That's all a part of your preparation. I know, I know. So you get up on Saturday mornings, you come to prayer. Uh, we get up early because we have to be here at seven thirty. So we come to prayer. We do this. Sometimes we have to do all this running around. We have to run errands. Sometimes we don't get a nap before we have to go out and come back for three thirty. I get it. I get it. But that, mean, but that also means that that's not your only preparation time is on Saturday. You already know that this is the work that you do. This is what you do. As pastors and arrows, this is what we do. So that means that I have already have to be prepared. I have to already be prepared. I have to stay prepared. Because your witness is not just when you go out on that one Saturday a month when we go. That's when we go collectively. But your witness should be all of the time. And guess what? If you were to practice before you get to that Saturday, there we go, then you will even be more prepared. This is a, this is a, this is a daily work. This is your occupation. This is an occupation. It's not something that you pick up so when I say occupation, don't think about a job. I didn't say this is a job. I said it's an occupation. Your occupation is something that you, that's with you all the time. It's something that's with you all the time. So we have to always be prepared. So there's the strength and there's the power that is found in your ability to stand. And because and God is an all-encompassing God. He encompasses everything that we need. All that we need is found in Him. What we need when we don't think we need it is found in Him. What we need when He knows we need it is still found in Him. Everything that we need is found in Him. The second objective was to understand that the role, the role of the armor of God That means the intent of that armor that he has provided and understanding who has provided it. We need to understand the role of the armor, the intent of the armor, and the one who is providing it. And then the third thing that we're going to, we're going to to end with this uh, this evening, is understanding what, what we are standing against. We need to understand, we need to have a clear understanding of what it is that we are, who it is that we are standing against. What it is and who it is that we are standing against. So we then talked about, again, the strength and the power that is found in the Lord. So we started verse by verse. We were doing this verse by verse uh, study here. So in verse 10, finally, my brother, he says, finally, in conclusion, after all of this, after all that is said, at the end of all, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. He's saying, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Be strong in the Lord. That's when, as you stand in him, that's your union with him. As you are are standing in your union, be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. The strength which his boundless his boundless might provides. And I like that word. And this, that, that, uh, what I just read, that is from the Amplified Version of that. Uh, but I like that because it says the boundless might. Be strong in the boundless might of God's strength. Boundless means that it's not, bound, it, it's not tied to anything. Nothing can bind it. Unlike, unlike the strength and the power of Satan. 
unlike the strength and the power of Satan. People think that Satan is so, is so strong, that he's so powerful. We, we, you know what? We give him more, 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 more power. We give him more credit than what he's worth. We give him more credit. Now don't, now, don't get it twisted. I did not say that he isn't powerful. But we can never think, we have to always have the attitude and the mindset that God is more powerful. Remember the strong man and the stronger man? God is more powerful. And the enemy has no more power than the Lord will allow. Get that. The enemy has no more power than the Lord will allow. Think about Job. Think about Job. So yes, the enemy has the right. He's been given the right to act. Remember what Job, God asked me, what are you doing? He says, I'm going to and fro. Trying to see whom I can devour. I see this man, Job. And God told him, okay, so, right, he, he only serves you, he only does because he has this. He said, okay, take that, but do what? You can't have his life. Bound. He was bound. He only has the ability, he only has the strength and the power that, that God will allow. That's important that you know that. It's going to be important that you know that. In just a minute when we talk about these things. So you hold on to that. Because that's going to be a nugget for you. That's going to be good for you. So you think, think about that. That in that conversation. That he, had, he only had the power and the strength that God will, would allow. But God, his might and his power is boundless. It's boundless. He can do. He can do. He can do. Whatever it is that he wants to do. When he wants to do it. He can do it. He can do whatever it is that he wants to do when he wants to do it because he can do it. But anything, and the scripture tells us that any and everything that was made, made for him, made by him, everything was made for him. Nothing that was made was made without him. Hold on to that too. Nothing that was made was made without him. Nothing in heaven, nothing on earth, nothing in between. We're talking about the heavenlies. We'll get into that too. Nothing. That was made. Was made without him. So that means that everything is subject to him. Everything. Everything is subject to him. That includes Satan. Everything is subject to him. And that includes Satan. And Satan only has the power and the strength that God will allow. That's important. Hold on to that. So it says, be strong in the Lord and in the power 
of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Being able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And, and this, is, this, is why, this is another reason why. Turn to Ephesians chap, uh, chapter 3, a few pages over. Ephesians 3. This is why it's, it's our intent. This is why. Because this is why we're teaching. This is why we're, we're preaching. We're teaching about these things. Uh, again, I told you because we're, we're, God is preparing us. And he wants us to be strong in this. We need to know this and we need to know and understand what we're standing against. In Ephesians chapter 3, let's look at this in verse 16. Let's look at what the scripture scripture says. It says, uh, 3 and 16, that he would grant you. So this is is our prayer. This is our desire. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with (coughs) might. By his spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the depth, the length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. So we want, we want to be sure that you understand what God's presence, what his presence in you to strengthen and to reinforce you, to, to re- strengthen and reinforce your spirit, man. We need, to, we need you to understand that, that we may always be led not by our flesh, not by our own thoughts, not by our own emotions, but that we need to be strengthened and led by the spirit of God alone. We've got to be led by the Spirit of God alone. And that is very, very, very important for us to understand. Look at Ephesians. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at verse, starting with verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in in the saints. And what, is, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Listen, by the spirit of God we desire that you have the wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of God that ye might be able to see and have a clear understanding. Have a clear understanding, what? Number one, of the hope you have in him, in him calling you to salvation. 
So we have to be rooted. We have to be grounded. We have to be established. And I'm getting, this is not for not what I'm going through. I'm getting to, I'm getting to what I'm getting to in verse 12 in Ephesians chapter 6. But I need you to understand this. I need you to be rooted. I need you to be grounded. I need you to be secure in this. That by the Spirit of God, you need to have the wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of God that you may have a clear understanding. Number one, that the hope you have in Him, in Him calling you to salvation. You need to, you need to be secure in that hope that you have. You need to be secure in the riches of His presence in the saints. I need you to be secure in that. In the riches of His presence. In the riches of His presence. His presence in you is very, you are wealthy because of the riches of his presence in you. You need to understand the exceeding greatness of his power. Listen, you need to understand the exceeding greatness. He's not just great, it's exceedingly great. The exceeding greatness of his power towards us. That means that it is immeasurable. It is unlimited. His exceeding greatness, the exceeding greatness of his power is immeasurable. It is unlimited. It is surpassing. The surpassing greatness of his power in those who believe in him. You have an exceeding greatness. It's immeasurable and it is unlimited. As you are in him. This is the same power. The same power that works in you. This is the same power he demonstrated and exercised in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's the same power. The same power in you is the same power that he used and demonstrated and exercised in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. It's the same power. It's the same strength. That power was not a physical strength. It was not a physical strength. But it was a demonstration of his authority. It was a demonstration of his authority. And his power in you is a demonstration of his authority. That's when you're in him. Then your life should be a demonstration, a demonstration of his power in you. The same power that he used when he raised Jesus from the dead. Oh, that's mighty. That is mighty. That's mighty. To raise a man from the dead. No doctor can raise a man from the dead. You can do some CPR. But listen, what, once those lungs stop pumping... Once those lungs start stop supplying air, I don't care what kind of doctor you have, they're not able to raise the dead. That's the exceeding greatness of his power that is also in you. The same power he used to raise Jesus from the dead. You gotta think of it, you gotta get a spiritual picture in your mind of Jesus raising him from the dead. It was his authority that did that. His authority, why? Because Jesus did no wrong. He was able to raise him. It was his authority. And he not only raised him, but he says that he placed him 20, 
20, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him, he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Where? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. It was that same power that raised him that set him at his right hand far above. And that same power is in you. Guess what? Look at it. Look down, jump down to, to chapter 2, uh, verse 6, verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That same heavenly place that he says, I made you sit in heavenly places with are far above principalities. Get that. Far above as we are in Christ. Because Christ seated at the right hand of God is far above principalities. You in him, you are far above principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. You are far above that. So again, when you allow the ruler of the darkness when you allow the prince of this air, when you allow the prince of powers, when you allow the powers that are Satan's to, 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 to get you down, to weigh you down, and to make, it, make you in, get, get you in and out, when you do all of that, you are not taking your place and understanding. You don't have an understanding. You don't have an understanding of how you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above principalities and powers. And the ruler of this darkness. You don't understand that. See, that's why I'm saying it. You don't understand that. And I get it. We sit here. We understand. We have read that scripture. Pastors preached on this scripture. Other ministers preached on this scripture. But listen, when you allow, listen to what I'm saying. When you allow Satan to defeat you in any area of your life, you you don't have a clear understanding. You don't have a clear understanding. And that's why I said, that's, that's why I was, I was saying that we, we come here and we can sit, we can come and sit and we, you know, we, we, can, we can hear the word and we can, it, it all comes out in the demonstration of our lives. What you understand becomes your reality. Your truth becomes your reality. And your reality is what you live out of. Your truth it becomes your reality. And your reality is what you live out of. So when we're living like we are defeated, it's something wrong. The tr- it's nothing wrong with the truth. It's something wrong in our receiving of the truth or our understanding of the truth. It's something wrong with us being convinced of the truth. We're not convinced of it. That's why it's not our reality. And that's why we can't live out of it. Oh, I know, I know, I know I'm in the right house. I know I am. I know that I am. Because God wouldn't be saying it otherwise. And this is why, this is why we're teaching this. This is part of the reason why we are teaching this. Go to verse in the same, we're still in the same chapter. Let's go to.
let's 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 do this. Let's do this. So, <clears throat> remember we talked about what 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 Paul said about being carnal. Being carnal just means I have a carnal body. I'm in flesh. I have a flesh. I have flesh. So he was talking about that. So let's look at this in relation. Let's look at this in relation to look at, at Ephesians two. Verses 1 through 6 in relation to that. Verse 1. He says, Ephesians 2 and 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. You walked according to the fashion of this world. You walked according to the arrangement of this world and the flow of this world. Tie this into what you hear, you've been hearing on Sunday morning. He says, you walked in time past according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were made by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So here he's saying, this is all the best, same, same thing. I was born carnal. I was born in flesh. I was born in flesh. And when I was born in flesh, as I have been living, I have had my conversation. I have had my way. I have had my lifestyle. All of that has been done according to the lust of my flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. And of the mind, I have a flesh, carnal, having that carnal mind. Remember I said that although we were born carnal in a fleshly body, in a fleshly body, we don't have to be carnally minded. God has called us from having a carnal mind to having a spiritual mind. Okay? So here, this is all, this is all that he's saying. This, that's all that he's saying there. He says that by nature we were children of wrath, even as others. But God. But, I always like those, but God. Although that, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, has quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. He says, listen, although you were in times past in that carnal body you were having, in that carnal mind that you were fulfilling all the lust of your flesh, understand that I have raised you. I have raised you in Christ to sit above all of that, to sit in the heavenly place, to sit in Christ Jesus. I have done that. I have done that for you. So, so for believers, so, so here, 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 we can see clearly here. So our first, our first piece of, of, of talking about demonic spirits. First piece. A believer cannot be possessed by a demonic spirit. A believer can allow himself or herself to be influenced by a demonic spirit. But an influence and a possession are two different things. Possession is different from influence. Okay? I want you to hold on to that. 
Ephesians chapter 6. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6 and let's look at verse 11. It's where we left off. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We talked about the armor and what that's intended for. We said that the complete, we need to put on the complete armor of God, which is found in verse 13. We have to remember that our weapons are not carnal, but the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, that they are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. Those strongholds when we thought, those thoughts, those things that come up in our minds, all of those uh, fortified things that we, basically lies from the enemy that we use and we fortify our, our, our minds with those things. But the word of God, the armor of God is used to be able to stand and resist the enemy in those times when those things come. So our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God through the pulling down of those strongholds, those fortresses in our minds, those thoughts and those desires, our wills, those reasonings that are built and fortified, strengthened by lies and deception, false teaching and, and, and facts that we trust in and hold on to as our reality. So we said that through his power, he has given us the whole armor, that which, is, that which he knows is reliable and necessary and crucial for our good fight of faith. Remember, that's, that's, the, that's our fight. We're fighting the good fight of faith. We're not fighting the enemy. We're only standing against the enemy. Our fight is with faith. Because all the enemy is trying to do in the, with those wiles and those tricks that he, all he's trying to do is get you to walk away from the faith. So our fight is we're fighting the good fight of faith. We're fighting for our faith. That's what you're fighting for. You're fighting to hold on to your faith, but you're fighting to hold on to your faith against, against the enemy. Because he's the one trying to take it. He's the one trying to steal it. So the armor is given to me to resist the schemes and the tricks of the devil. Resist the schemes and the tricks of the devil. So, what are those, what is that armor? So we talked about that a little bit. We, we mentioned that. The armor is, the armor consists of the truth. It consists of righteousness. It consists of the gospel. It consists of faith. It consists of salvation. It consists of the word in you that comes out of you. And it consists of prayer. All of those things given by God, supplied by God, because he knows that those are the things, you, and you're rich in him in that, that you know, those are the things that you need in order to stand against the enemy. So I told you to remember that you have to be careful about your posture with the enemy. The scripture tells us that we need to stand. I said we don't need to sway. We don't need to bend. We don't need to, we, we, don't, we shouldn't be bending. We need to stand up straight. Stand against. Stand against the enemy. We're not bowing. We're not kneeling in reverence. We're not, we're not kneeling in adoration. We're not kneeling in defeat. We're standing against the enemy uh, the enemy of God and the church. That's what we're standing against. In Ephesians chapter 4, let's look at this. And then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get into some, some good stuff in a minute. Ephesians chapter 4, it's all good, but we're going to get into some, something different, something else in just a second. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 20. Ephesians 4, let's look at verse 21. It says... If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in, your, in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, 
which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So, he's saying, and, and uh, let me read this in, in the Amplified Version, starting with verse 21. Yeah, starting with verse 21. He says, assuming that you have really, really heard him and been taught by him, as all truth is in Jesus, that means embodied and personified in him, strip yourselves of the former nature. Put off and discord your old, unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt. Your previous manner of life, it becomes corrupt through lust and desires that spring from delusion. Listen, just as righteousness can spring forth, so can unrighteousness. And unrighteousness springs forth from delusion. It springs forth from delusion, the state of being deluded. What is delusion? When you think, one, you think something is one way when it really is not. That's delusional. I think it's one way when it's really not. Something that is false, something that is delusively believed. It is a persistent and a false psychotic belief. That's psychotic. To think that it, it, to think that it is one way when it really isn't. That's how our lives, that's how our lives become corrupt, through the lusts and the desires that spring forth from delusion. So listen, that's two things working. Okay, so here we go. Listen to this. There are two things working. You have your lust, your own lust, because of your, own, your nature. You have your own lust that you contend with. And then the enemy uses your lust. He uses your lust to cause delusion. So you, all, you go after things, you go after the lust of your flesh because that's just the nature. It is natural. Think about animals. Think about animals. Think about nature. Think about animals. And that's part of your nature. The nature of an animal, the nature of a thing, particularly animals and, 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 and people, is that we survive. That's nature. We fight to survive. Animals fight to survive. They fight because they want to eat. Doesn't matter who they have to fight. Doesn't matter what they have to do. They will sneak and they kill. They pounce. They do whatever they have to do to fight for, they fight for their families. I got attacked by birds. HP has birds in these trees. And I got one in my house. And, and I tried to tear the thing down last year, and I, I decided I wasn't going to touch it, because last time I killed the birds, I did. I told you, I think I told you. I killed the little birds that were in the, because I waited too late to try to knock the nest down. But I, at, at, at HT, these birds, they come down, and I've been attacked several times. They come down, and they chip, and they, well, I guess they try to get my hair, they, they chip them, they try, because they're protected. I'm nowhere told, listen, I don't want those birds in that nest, but they're trying to protect. If you get close to the tree, you get close to it. They're there to protect, and that's our nature. So we and we same thing. We do whatever we can. We gonna sneak. We gonna steal. We gonna do whatever we can to eat. Think about when they have the rice. What do they do? 
I'm out of stuff. We gonna we gonna be so we gonna we gonna get we gonna get some food. We gonna have some food. They do what they can to survive. That's nature. That's nature. That's that's just that's what we do. That's nature. But it says that we need to be sure that we are not living out of those fleshly. That those, those things that we, we, don't, we don't need to live out of that carnality. He says, and constantly, continuing in, in the Amplified Version, in verse 23, he says, And be constantly renewed in your spirit, in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude, and put on the new nature, the regenerate self, created in God's image, God-like, in true righteousness and holiness, therefore rejecting all falsity and being done now with it, let, let everyone express the truth with his neighbor, for we are all parts of one body and members one of, of another. So, what are we standing against? Let's go to verse 12. We're finally here. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's go to verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. In the Amplified it reads, For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, Contending only, it says contending only with physical opponents. Remember I said, although it's manifested, some of these things are manifested, darkness is manifested through flesh and blood. It's through flesh and blood, but that's not what we're contending with. So this scripture is not saying that we're not wrestling at all against flesh and blood. It's coming through flesh and blood, but that's not what we're wrestling against. Okay? Uh, uh, it's not re- contending only with the physical opponents, but against, it's called, they call it, uh, the Amplified call it despotisms. But against despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness. Against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly or the supernatural sphere. So we wrestle not against the flesh and blood. The body being used for evil intent. So that's the flesh and blood. That's the body just being used for evil. Although our opposition will come through people, they are not the ones to be concerned with. Okay, so we have to remember that we need to treat, we don't need to treat the symptoms, we need to treat what? The cause. Okay, so when we think that we're fighting against people, it's not them. We're only treating the symptoms. When somebody's snapping at you and they, and they are telling you they don't want to hear what you got to say, they understand that you're not fighting against that. You are fighting against the thing that is causing, what is causing the enemy, all his, his desire for those who are not saved, his desire is to keep them blinded. That's his desire. If I, if you never, if you if you never accept, if you never hear, if you never hear, then you don't have the opportunity to accept. You get that. If I never hear that, I don't have the opportunity. So when they're slamming doors in your faces, understand that it's the enemy trying to keep them from hearing. It's not them. It's the enemy trying to keep them from hearing. And they don't know. They have no clue. 
that the enemy is working. They have no clue that the enemy is working. But that's what he's doing. He's trying to keep. That's why I said we got to be prayed up. We got we to gotta be prayed up. But the spirit of God, you don't have to pray about the enemy, that the enemy, that the enemy, you don't, have to, you don't have to do any of that. All you got to do is recall that the spirit of God that worketh in me is greater. The same power that is in Christ that he used to raise Christ from the dead is the same power that is in me. And God is greater. God is stronger. His power is much greater. So flesh and blood also includes, flesh and blood here, it also includes your body. So remember what Paul said in Romans 7. It does include your body. It does include your body. What is this against? So he says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Against means with. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So we wrestle not with flesh and blood. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Principalities. What's a principality? A principality, it means the active cause. In the Greek, it means the active cause. The first in a series. Principle. Think about principle. Right? The principle thing. It's the first. The active cause. The first in a series. The leader. It's the lead. It's the first in a series. So we wrestle not against the first in the series. The leader. Okay, this is what we're, we're wrestling against. We're wrestling against the leader. Not against flesh and blood, but against the principality. Who is the first among darkness? Satan. Okay, he's the first. He's the cause. He's the active cause. And he's the first in the series. He is the leader. So all of these things that we understand, that all of these things that we're, that we're, that we're talking about, as it relates to demons, as it relates to, to, to demonic, demonic uh, uh, spirits, it's all from him. He is the author of it. He is the active cause of it. He is the first in the series. He is the leader. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We wrestle against powers. The powers. Oh, let me back up. Because the principal, I told you in, in the Amplified Version, it meant despotism. Despotism. Despotism means a form of government in which a single entity rules with absolute power. So we wrestle against despotism, that principality, that leader, which has a form of government in which he leads his single, he, lead, he leads singly. He, he's the single leader. And he rules with absolute power in that dominion. Okay? So then we wrestle against powers. Now listen, this powers. It says not, we, what do we say? It says we're not only wrestling with flesh and blood. Not only with, but it comes through flesh and blood. Right? So, we are also wrestling against our own flesh and blood. Okay? So those power, that power that is there, it's a power of choice. We're wrestling against the power of choice. 
You're wrestling against your own power of choice. You're wrestling against your own liberty to do things according to your own pleasure. That's what you're wrestling against. That's the power. You know, your mind is a very powerful thing. Once you set your mind to do something, you're going to do it. That's why we have to renew our minds. Because once you set your mind to something, you're going to follow through with it. You're going to do it. Your mind is powerful. So that's the power. That's the power. That's the power that's found in your flesh and blood. It's a power that's found in you. A mental power. It's a power. A power is a power of authority and influence. So, when it says power, that's an S. That's powers. That's plural. So you're not only wrestling, you're wrestling against powers, meaning you're wrestling against your mental power, your will, but you're also wrestling against the power, the influence of the enemy. He has the power. We're wrestling against powers. Okay, so you're wrestling against the power of your own mind. The power of choice. Your own power of choice, you wrestle with that. But you're also wrestling against the power of the authority of the ruler of darkness. You're wrestling against that as well. It says you're wrestling against the rulers of the darkness of this world. The Lord of the world. The prince of this age. The devil and his demons. That's the rule. He's the ruler of the darkness. You're wrestling against him and his demons. He's the Lord of the world. He's the Lord of the world. Okay? The world being what? The world being that system. The world being all of those things that is against God. That's the world. Either you're for God or you're with the world. One or the other. You're for God or you're with the world. You can't have both. You, it, it's one or the other. So that's he's the ruler of the darkness of this world. It says that we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. So here we go too. A double duel. Here we, we go. There's a duel. There's a dualness here. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. So again, we talked about, we talked about evil purposes, evil purposes and desires belonging to the spirit Inferior to God, which is the e- God, e- uh, the Satan's evil desires, wickedness in high places. Now, what is a high place? What is a high place? The enemy has a high place, but God has a higher place. Okay. So now we talk about the heavenlies. That's, we got to understand the heavenlies. So the heavenlies, there's a heaven where God resides. And then there's a lower heaven. And then there's the heaven where the clouds are. Okay? So when Satan was kicked out of the heavenlies, the heavenly, where God resides, he was kicked down to the lower heavenly, the lower heavenly. Okay? That's where he resides, in the lower heavenly. So there are also high places as it relates to man. And the high place is the mind. That's the high place, is the mind. 
So there's spiritual wickedness in high places. You get it? Spiritual wickedness in high places. The high places of your mind are spiritual wickedness. It goes against the Spirit of God. Your nature goes the Spirit of God. Your mind goes against the Spirit of God. That's why we have to renew it. That's a high place. But then you're also wrestling against what's in the high, the, the heavenlies, which we talked about Satan being kicked out from the heaven where God is into this lower heaven. You're also contending with that heaven. Okay? You understand that, right? All right. So the scripture tells us that we are led away by our own lust. And Satan, he is the one who is doing the leading. He is the one that's leading you. Right? So with our minds, so we said, we, 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 uh, we saw, what, two things here. So we saw we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. So we, that, we saw that powers, that's a part of you, your mind, your will. Your, cho- your power of choice, and against the rules of the darkness, we know that's Satan, but against the spiritual weakness in high places. So that's two things. All right? So we can't call it all the devil. Can't call it all the devil. Can't give him that much credit. Okay? Because it's not all him. It's not all him. Okay? So, go to First Timothy chapter 1. First uh, Timothy chapter four. Stay away, because this I want you to I want you to get this, so you'll know how to answer every man when they start talking about these demons and being possessed by demons. First Timothy chapter four. Let's look at verse one. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. This is talking about believers. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times, that's in our times, some shall depart from the faith. They were in faith and they departed from the faith because they have given heed to seducing spirits. Spirits, giving heed to it. So they have allowed their lust. I said, don't be, the last thing I just made, don't be led away. The scripture tells us that we are led away by our own lust. So the enemy uses your lust against you. And he leads you away to a life of destruction. He uses your lust. Those things that you go after. He uses those things. He's going to help supply. He's going to help feed those things so that he can lead you away. He can lead you away to a life of destruction. That's why God has given us the armor of God so that we won't be led away. The renewing of our minds, faith, salvation, all of those things so that we won't be led away. Faith is your greatest Commodity. That's your greatest when it comes to you and defending, defending your faith. Defending, that's your greatest. The gospel was given. Your helmet of salvation was given. 
Your breastplate of righteousness was given. All for this purpose. So that you will not give in to. So that you will not be led away. So that you will not depart from the faith because you've given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That's why you were given truth. That's why you were given it. If you know truth and you understand truth, and that's why we do, we do so much to teach. We want you to understand and we want you to know so that you won't be led away by the seducing spirits. They seduce you by what you want. No one is seduced by things that they don't want. You are enticed by what you want. And that's why I said he latches on to your lust. That's all he does. That's how he's going to seduce you. He's going to make sure that he brings about whatever it is. However you like it, however you like it to look, however you like it to, 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 however you like to hear it, he's going to bring it. Because he's attaching on to your lust so that he can lead you away. Demons actively involved. These are demons who are actively involved in deceiving. Those doctors, those seducing spirits, those doctors that, of the demons. Remember, all of it from, from Satan himself. But they are actively involved in deceiving humanity and leading them to corruption. That's what they do. They lead to corruption about the teachers. So they lead to corruption. Uh, they lead you away from the teachings of the scripture. They lead you away from the teachings of the scripture. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Let's look at this in verse 12. But what I do, that I will do, that I may, I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein thy, they glory, they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. They transform themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also, his ministers, Satan ministers, just like God has ministers, Satan has ministers. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their work. So he tries to transform them. He tries to create counterfeits. He creates counterfeits. That's all he can do is create counterfeits of what God, and know that he always does that. He's going to create counterfeits. Understand that. He's going to create counterfeits. Now listen, in the, in the time that I have, I want you to listen to this. And I believe, again, that this is a revelation that I have, that God has, has, has given me. So when you go through the book, and I do, because we don't have time to go through all of that. Let, let's turn to one. Let's do one. Let's do one. We see Jesus casting out demons. So we're talking about demon possession. Okay? We see Jesus casting out demons. Let's look at Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. And let's look at verse, uh, do I want to start with 22, Mark 3 and 
Okay. Um, verse 22. And the squads which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils casteth he out devils. And he called them unto him, and he said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil the house. Okay? Matthew, look at Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And let's look at verse 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him. He was possessed with the devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, it is, not, is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew them. He knew their thoughts. And he started talking about a house again, a house divided. So this is what I want you to see. In the Gospels, so we're talking about particularly Matthew, Mark, Luke. In the Gospels, we see Jesus casting out demons. Demon possession. And demon possession was generally tied to something like this illness, something like being deaf and dumb. It was tied to, think about a possession. When you possess something, you have it. Right? So a demon possession means that demon has you. He controls you. And if you go and read the scriptures, you, all you have to do is go, go and find where Jesus is casting out demons. Every place that you, where you see you cast it out. You see that it's taken over the body. It's taken over the body in which it's in. Okay? It's taken over the body in which it's in. When you get to the latter parts of all, all of the rest of the New Testament, you can't really find any places where there's demon possession. Not demon possession. You see where the enemy... And you got to talk about the, the, the works of the enemy, talk about the, the light, talk about the darkness, we talk about all of that, the princes of the world, we talk about all of that, but you don't see demon possession. This is what, this is what the Spirit of God has given. There was demon possession, in, and then when you go on, you see that, that he, gave, he gave his disciples, the disciples, he gave the ability to cast out demons. Okay? All for the work's sake, because again, he's establishing the church. He's doing all that. Wanting people to know that Jesus is here. Jesus had the power. God is with me. So he was able to cast out demons because of that. The, 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 the disciples, they were able to cast out demons just for that. After, you get, after that, you don't see casting out. You don't even see demon possession. Okay? So, the enemy, remember I said that, that God, God has power. God is power. The enemy has power, but he doesn't have that much power. So he tries, to, he tries to duplicate everything that God does. God came in an earthly body, incarnate. He came in an earthly body. Satan tried to duplicate that. So there was demon possession. Where he took over a body. He couldn't incarnate. 
He didn't have the power to incarnate. God didn't give him that power. But he, demon possession, that was his, that was his way of having a body. Just as God walked, uh, Christ walked, Jesus walked, then he was doing the same thing. He was trying to walk about the people. Trying to walk about the people. Using that. Okay? But after, after that, we don't, we don't see, we don't see that anymore. So now, it's not demon possession that we're up against. It's only the influence. Just as the Holy Spirit is an influencer, and the Holy Spirit, He's not possessing you. He's not taking, taking over your body. He's not doing that. He's not doing that. So do you think if He's not doing you think He's going to give the enemy the power to possess and take over your body? The Holy Spirit is an influencer. Just like the demons... Their influence. All of the works of the enemy, it's an influence. That's what it is. And just as God has ministers, he has angels. He has ministering angels. The enemy has the same thing. God is not giving him more power than Jesus, than Christ has. You're not giving him more power than the Holy Ghost has. So if the Holy Ghost does not do a, does not possess you, neither can a demon. Okay. And to add to that, if you are a believer, then the enemy shouldn't have the influence over you. Because two influences can't reside in the same place. You got it? So number one, a a believer can't be possessed with the demon. Can only be influenced by the demon. But neither can a person who is unsaved. Because God is not given. If, if, if God, if the spirit cannot possess, then neither can the enemy. He can only influence. I believe that's why. And again, you don't necessarily have to take that if you don't want to. Go and study. Go and look. Look through the New Testament. You tell me where there's demon possession after Matthew, Mark, Luke. You show that to me. And then we can talk. But otherwise, we're not giving the enemy more power than what he deserves. We're not doing that. We're fighting against the influence of the enemy. We're not fighting against demon possession. So when you people tell you that they, they, they again, they have, a, they have a lying spirit. So as if, as if the demon, the enemy... Is, is in them. The spirit of lying is in them and causing them to lie and, and that's all. They can't help it because it's the spirit. It's the demon that's in them. Okay, y'all are quiet. I want you to think about it. I want you to go. I, I, I give you permission. I want you to go and read on it. Go and look it up. Search it out. 
And if you can't come to that conclusion, then you let me know. We need to talk. So I need, cause I need to know what you know. Okay? The enemy is an influencer. Not possessing bodies. Only at that time, because he was trying to imitate God in, with, with, body, with a body. Trying to imitate God. Amen? Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.com.